Shalom, brethren. Here we come again to share the love of Christ together with you. I know you are still at home, and we thank God, as we said, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord who are called by his name. And even at this uh, season or period where we are forced to stay at home, uh, not because uh, anybody would like to, to stay at home, but because of what we are facing today that is beyond us human beings to be able to deal with. Some measures had to be taken and we are still at home. We want to thank God though because even at home the Lord is still with us. We are still enjoying the presence of the Lord and many of us have resorted into more, more time for prayers, more time to read the Word of God, more time to fellowship with members of our family, and therefore all this we can look and say, the Lord has been graciously good to us, and we are making use of this season, and at the end of it, I know when we come out of it, there will be benefits that many of us will look and say, although it was tough, these are the benefits. And those that wait upon the Lord will always have some benefits uh, in anything that happens, in any circumstances. We can turn it to bless, to be a blessing, even when it doesn't look like it is. Like this particular one, we have turned it to be a time of blessings with our families and communicating even with our friends through the technology, the WhatsApp. We are making use of the blessings again that God has given us. And for that reason, we want to thank God for keeping you alive and well. Today, we are going to look at the scriptures that speaks to us about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the, crucifix the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because we are in what we call Easter season, the Good Friday, and, um, uh, and is here with us. Uh, the wicked, uh, the, the Easter Sunday is here with us, and we are want to thank God. And that's why today we are coming to you uh, to discuss or to look at the scriptures that reminds us that Christ Jesus came on earth from heaven. He was crucified. He died but he didn't remain in the grave. He rose again. And that is why we are alive today and we have this confidence that we can be able to share the love of God because Christ died and he rose again. And today we want to look at the scriptures. We will look at the story and then we'll look at a few uh, points and see what can we be able to learn from his death and from his Resurrection, even as we celebrate this Easter holiday. In the book of Mark, uh, chapter 15, I'll read a few verses. From verse 25, it says, It was nine in the morning when they crucified uh, him. The, the, the written notice of the charge against him read, The king of the Jews. They crucified two rebels or two thieves, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insult at him, shaking their hands and saying, so 
you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three, in, in, in three days. Come down from the cross and save yourselves. In the same way, the chief priests and the preachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And at noon, darkness came upon the whole earth, uh, the whole earth until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, 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 lama sabakidani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, reason, he is calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine, vinegar, but put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to the bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely was the son of God. Some women were watching from distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the, young and the, the younger and, uh, yeah, of Joseph and Salome. In Garudi, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with, up, up with him to Jerusalem were also there. I will skip... 42 to 47, if you like, you can read. And I'll go, I'll go to, to chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus, Jesus' body. Very early on that first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were all on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead uh, of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. I've read a bit of that story to remind us that what actually happened is recorded and it is real. Jesus' death and resurrection cannot be disputed by anybody. There are enough records to, to confirm that actually he was crucified and he did not remain in the grave 
he rose again. And the reason why the entire world today celebrates Easter holiday, it is because he died and also because he rose again. So we can confidently say that Jesus Christ died, was crucified on the cross. He died, but on the third day, he rose again. And there is enough evidence to confirm that he rose again. One is what is written in the scripture. Then the other evidence is that the entire world during this season celebrates Easter holiday. And if you ask anybody, including even unbelievers, what is Easter holiday? They will tell you it is the period that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was crucified on the cross and he died and then he rose again. That is sufficient confirmation or evidence that Jesus is no longer in the grave, but he rose again. Today, we are going to see a few points. How, how, what, how did it benefit us who are alive today and the humanity? How did his death benefit you and me? We have seen that at the cross, Jesus was crucified. And there were other two these that were crucified together with him. For him, he was not a thief. If you read before, Pilate wanted to release Barabbas, who was also a criminal, as it is the custom of the Jews that one person be released during the Passover. And because Pilate did not find any guilt or any sin, enough evidence to commend Jesus to the cross, he requested the Jews, among these two, whom would you want me to release? It's unfortunate that the Jews, the religious, the religious leaders, together with the people, they all shouted, give us Barabbas. And Barabbas was actually a criminal Amandra. Now, it is at the cross that Jesus took the place of Barabbas. It is Barabbas who should have been crucified together with these other two thieves. In other words, that particular day, they should have been three criminals. But instead, there were two criminals and one righteous man. Why? Because Jesus took the praise of a criminal. Why did Jesus take the praise of a criminal? Jesus took the praise of Barabbas. And that Barabbas is actually not just Barabbas. It is you and me. Because we are the one that should have been crucified that day. Why should we have been the one who are, who are to, to be crucified that day? Because it is sin that was being punished that particular day. If you remember, Jesus cried, Eloi, 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 Lama Sabakidan, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is at that particular time that Jesus Christ was forsaken. Why would God forsake his righteous son? He forsook his righteous son because his righteous son took your place and he took my place. In other words, instead of Barabbas, 
It was Jesus who went to the cross. I want you to put your name. Instead of calling, saying it was Barabbas, instead of Barabbas, why don't you say, instead of I, John, or I, Peter, I, Ochieng, or Kamau, Joroge, or Wangoi, or Chepto, I am the one who should have gone to the cross, but instead... I was replaced with Jesus. You are supposed to have been that Barabbas. Wherever you are, you are supposed to have been a Barabbas. But look at what happened that particular day. Jesus took your praise. And he went to the cross. And Barabbas, who was a mandra, was set free. Jesus was innocent and was wrongly accused. Barabbas was guilty and belonged to the prison. Jesus was innocent, yes. He was wrongly accused. He was righteous. The Bible says that he did not sin. He had no sin. If there is anyone who lived on earth and never sinned, it is Christ Jesus. But this particular hour, he is not innocent. He has become sin because he, he has been clothed with your wickedness and unrighteousness. He took your sins. And the Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be seen for us. Look at that. God made him who had no sin to be seen for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, at the cross again, Jesus took your place. Jesus took my place. He who had no sin, he became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. In other words, we were declared innocent. And as Barabbas was released that day and was able to go out and celebrate the Passover with his family, yet the Son of God, who had no sin, took his place. Barabbas, as I said, was you and I. Jesus took our place. That's one benefit that we receive from his death. The second benefit that you can receive from his death is that at that cross, Jesus again took your curse. He did not just take your sin. He did not just take your place of sin. He also carried your curse. Why do I say this? We are told that he was, they, they made a crown on, of thorn and they put it on his head. And they mocked him. Now, what does the crown of thorn signify or represent? If you got the book of Genesis chapter 3, I think verse 17, you will discover when Adam sinned, the earth was, was cast. And for the first time, it was cast and it was said, it shall produce thorn and thistles. In other words, thorns are a sign of a curse. Why they put that crown on him of thorns? It was they may not have known what they were doing, but they were fulfilling what was supposed to be fulfilled. That he took our praise, he took our curse, because the earth was cast 
And as it was, it was cursed, it was cursed to produce thorns and thistles. So Jesus, again at that cross, he took our curse. You and I are now free. And if you read through in the book of Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it is said, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. In other words, when he put on that crown of thorn, he was putting on our curse. Today, we are free from that curse of the law. Because it is actually said, everyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. So Jesus took my place. I'm the one who should have been hanged on that, on that tree. But because he took my place, he became the curse. And I was set free. Today, you, have no, you are not cursed, but you are free. You have become a child of Abraham through Christ Jesus. The third point that I would like you to see, at that cross, Jesus was clothing you and me. When we sinned, we became naked. Adam and Eve, for the first time, they discovered they were naked and they needed to be clothed. The Bible tells us that when the Lord go, when God came, he killed a lamb and he prepared a cover for them. In other words, from the very beginning, there was blood that was shed to clothe us. Again, on this cross, you will discover that Jesus Christ did not go to the cross with his clothes. The soldiers divided his clothes among themselves. In other words, they took his clothes and they covered themselves with their clothes. What again they were doing and not knowing? They were actually, again, clothing the nakedness of humanity because of the sins that we have committed. Jesus' death came to cover us, to cover our sins, and he brought salvation to us. Isaiah 61 verse 10 says, And I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. It is at the cross, at the cross, that you and I were clothed with a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. Through his death on the cross, Jesus covered the shame of our nakedness by giving us his robe of righteousness. Our last point that we saw was that Jesus torn the heavens open. When the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom, it was the heaven that was opening on our behalf. And we say that we now have access, we can be able to enter into the Holy of Holies where the Lord sit through the blood of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross and he did not remain again on the cross. He was buried and he rose again as we read from the book of Mark. And we say there is sufficient evidence that Jesus Christ rose again. And that is why during this season, the entire world is celebrating 
Easter because he rose again. Apart from tearing the heavens open, Jesus, when he rose again, he also gave us authority. And this is found in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. This is what he says. Then Jesus came to them, who? The disciples. This is what he said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he says, therefore, meaning with this authority that have been given, I am delegating it to you. And we are aware that even before his crucifixion, when he sent them out, he also gave them the same authority to go out and witness. Now he is confirming that this authority is still with him and it is delegating it to them. And he tells them, therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Let me read very quickly uh, what Mark would say about the same. Verse 15 of chapter 16 of Mark uh, that agrees with, uh, with, with Matthew, he said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And then he says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get healed. Again, these are the benefits that came to us through his death and his resurrection, that as his disciples, we have been given authority and power to go out and make disciples, preach the gospel, and the word says, those that will believe in him and are baptized. Then it says, these signs shall follow them. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Signs and wonders will follow them. Brethren, I want to remind you that the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ gave the believer the authority to go out to the entire world and preach the gospel with power and anointing because this authority and power has already now been given to us who believe. And it says, we shall be, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Yes, salvation has come to us. And it also says, whoever does not believe will be condemned. It is not the will of God that anybody should be condemned. And I would like to take this opportunity to witness to you who doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior to remind you that the reason why he went on the cross and the reason why he died, he died so that you may not be condemned. He took your place because you are the murderer. You are the one who ought to have been punished, but he carried your sins so that if you believe in him, you will not be condemned. 
I want to request you, wherever you are, if you are not born again, this is the right time to give your life to Jesus Christ. As I said, the Lord gave us authority. His selection brought authority to the church or to the body of Christ. Why do I say that? I would like to read with you very quickly, even as we close, Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17. Paul was praying for the, the Ephesians, and this was his prayer. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and liberation so that you may know him better, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy in in his holy in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms i want you to notice here something the power that paul is praying that the believers may receive. It is the same power that God used to raise him from the dead. The grave could not contain him. Now, I want to ask, what more power would anybody need except that power that is able to raise someone from the dead? This is the kind of power that you received when Christ also resurrected. And he says... He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God praised all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything, for the church. Now look at that. He was appointed to be everything for the church. Everything was placed under his feet for the church. And who is the church? You and I who believe in him are the church. Everything has been placed under Christ's feet. And everything has been added to him for the sake of of the church and the church it is his body the fullness of him who feels everything in every way my brother and sister i want to assure you of one thing that your position on earth is secure why is it secure because in christ you have been given authority and power and because of Christ, everything has been placed, and because of you, yes, because of you, everything has been placed under his feet. So there should be nothing that should scare you, whether disease or sickness, whether coronavirus, COVID-19 or whatever it is called, I want to assure you, if you have faith in God, you will overcome this thing because it is already written in the scripture and you have been assured that Christ has been given everything and everything has been put under his feet. 
I want to read one more verse for you. In, sec, in the same Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And God raised us with him, who, Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to understand something here. That when Christ was raised and was seated in the heavenly realm, he was not raised alone. He was raised together with you. As a matter of fact, this morning, when I was meditating on this portion of the scripture, the Spirit of the Lord reminded me that Christ did not need to be raised to be seated in the heavenly place. Because that is where he was even before he came on earth. That is where he was even before the earth was created. Remember the Bible says that all things were made by him and for him and through him. And without him, nothing exists. So why then would he be raised again and seated in the heavenly place? The reason was he was being raised together with you and me because when he came and he took our praise, when he died and he rose again, we also who believe, we rose again together with him. Our past life of sin and death was resurrected together with him and we are now raised and we are seated together with him in the heavenly place that kind of authority and power is what you a believer and i a believer and you who will believe in him today will receive that is the authority that has been given to us which means we are above all dominions. We are above all powers. We are above all other authorities. If we dare believe and exercise this, then the Bible calls us more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I want to assure you, that is what you have become through this death and resurrection. You are the one who has benefited most. So from today, if you had forgotten who you are, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Everything has been placed under his feet, which means if you are seated with him also, everything on earth has also been placed under your feet. Exercise your faith and your authority and speak to the pain and the troubles and the circumstances that are giving you that are not giving you peace, whether it is coronavirus, whether it is that relationship, whether it is that marriage, whatever it is you would call a problem or an issue, I want to give you the answer. You are seated above it. Speak to it from today henceforth. Capture your authority. Take your authority. Take your place, a child of God, and operate in that authority. You are more than conqueror in Christ Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you and take care of you. I would like to take this opportunity to pray for you. Father in heaven, I thank you for everyone that has risen to me today. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will interpret this message and help them to understand it. I pray that, O oh Lord God Almighty, you release the spirit of wisdom and liberation to everyone that has listened to this message today.
Lord God Almighty, reveal yourself to us. Reveal the hidden truth of your word to the believer. Lord, I pray that even during this season, when we are at home, we are limited as to what we can do and where we can go. We are not limited to call upon your name. I pray that as we call upon your name, even as heaven opened on our behalf, we shall receive the blessings and the grace of God. I thank you for each one of us, and I pray for that one, O oh God, who would like to give his life to Jesus. And if you are there and you like to give your life to Jesus Christ, I'll request you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that you died on the cross on my behalf. You took away all my sins so that I may become the righteousness of God. Today, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. Forgive me all my sins, and from today I commit to serve you. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. My brother, my sister, if you have prayed that prayer, believe that you are born again from today onward, and you qualify to sit with him in the heavenly place, far above all principalities and powers, and you can from today exercise that authority. God bless you. And God, may he take care of you, even as you celebrate the Easter holiday. Amen. Shalom, brethren, as we continue with our service today, which is uh, this uh, Sunday, the Resurrection Sunday, we are celebrating the Passover, and we are grateful as we come back to you at home to share the Holy Communion or the Lord's Table together. Why do we share the Holy Communion? We do it in remembrance of what Christ did on the cross. And Christ did this on the cross for you and me. What did Christ do on the cross? We know that he is the one who died on the cross. And he died on the cross so that I and you may be redeemed or forgiven our sins. That is the reason why we celebrate the Passover or the Lord's table to remind us that we were bought with a price. There was blood that was shed just the same way the Israelites used to kill a lamb so that they can receive redemption or forgiveness of their sins. It is the same thing that Christ on that cross, when he hung on that cross, he became the lamb that would redeem us. And that is why today we would like to come to you and request that you join us as we break the bread and share the cup together. I'm sure that you are already prepared for this and I'll be coming and I'll be requesting that you hold your piece of bread and make sure that uh, your cup is also ready. I believe that you have enough for all the members of your family. Everyone that is at home should partake of the same. Kindly prepare enough for every member of the family. Let me read uh, the, the, uh, the scripture in the book of Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11. 
from verse 25. This is what the Bible says. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to pray for the bread, and Florence will pray for the cup, and then we shall share together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this bread. It represents your body that was broken for us. It was broken for our healing. And today, as we celebrate the Passover, we are grateful that we are the beneficiary of the pain and the struggle that you went through so that we may receive our redemption. As we partake of this bread, we want to receive the blessing that comes with it. And one of the blessings that comes with it is healing because by your stripes we were healed. And even as we go through this season uh, of this pandemic called coronavirus, as we partake of this bread, we want to believe that everlasting Redeemer, healing will come through to, or to, the, to the earth, to the entire earth, and that this virus will be dealt with. You will eliminate it yourself, O Lord, for the nations of the earth, so that you may be glorified today and the days to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Again, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. He took, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Florence, please pray for the cup. Father, we thank you and honor you this day as we remember the Passover, as we remember what went on the, on the cross of Calvary. Where, Lord, you bought us with your blood, your precious blood that had no sin. You bought us from sin with it, O oh God, and this moment of time, we are grateful, Jehovah, for this cup. We lift it before you, Jehovah. And we know that this cup and this blood does a lot of work in our lives. It cleans, it cleanses our sins. It heals our bodies. It gives us protection. So, Father, as we receive this cup, we are receiving the mark of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the mark that was put on the doorpost of the people of the children of Israel. It's the same blood that we are applying to our lives. It's the same blood that we are applying to our families. That the angel of death you pass over. The angel of sickness you pass over. And that God Almighty, we shall be protected. Because we have the mark of the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we honor you. We give you praise and we give you glory. For in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Brethren, now we can share the bread together.
we can check the cup and we can all say to God be the yeah, glory